This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com. Uh, we are joined now by Tim Danson, who's a lawyer representing the French and Mahaffey families. Uh, we just found out yesterday that Carla Mocha is living in a Montreal suburb and uh, has her three kids in a school there. And uh, I really want to thank you, Tim, for joining me this afternoon. Well, my pleasure. Tim, how do your clients feel about the discovery that Carla is uh, living in a Montreal suburb? Well, quite frankly, whenever um, the name Carla Homoka and uh, Paul Bernardo surface, it's just disturbing for them. Mm-hmm. With respect to Carla Homoka um, uh, and the recent uh, circumstances, what, what's particularly troubling uh, is that um, you know she's living free with her children, and she made sure uh, through her participation in the murder of my client's children that they don't have the same uh, rights and, and, and privileges that she does vis-a-vis the children. So, you know, it's very, very difficult. And, in fact, you know, their view is that uh, we should never even be in this situation because she should have been in the prisoner's box beside Paul Bernardo, convicted of first-degree murder, and spending the rest of her life in jail as well. As well. So, you know, they, they, they see, and I believe rightfully, that Carla Homoka got away with murder. And uh, we did believe, you know, decades ago that uh, when we when we got the videotapes and they didn't view them, but I did, and we saw that yeah. in, that she was in breach of her plea uh, bargain, um, that we did everything we could to persuade the authorities that she was in breach, so that uh, she would have the same, um, uh, you know, trial as, as as Paul Bernardo, and that didn't happen. And then we did everything we could um, to at least make sure that she spent every day of her 12 years in jail. Uh, and at the end of her 12 years, we did everything we could to impose um, uh, post-sentence conditions. So um, so that's kind of their perspective. So they see the circumstances in Montreal now as, as a development that should never have happened. Um, however, the fact is it is happening. She has served her 12 years. Um, there's nothing that, that legally that you can do about it because uh, because society has no more control over her. Uh, any more than any other citizen, as long as she's abiding by the law. And uh, we're now stuck with a very difficult dilemma because she has uh, three children. Uh, the children are, are, you know, are innocent. Um, they're, they're entitled to have a normal life. Um, and indeed, we want them to have a normal life so they don't end up like their mother. Um, you know, yet, uh, if I was living in that community, um, uh, I would, uh, you know, I would share their fears, and I certainly wouldn't want uh, my child going over to their house for a play day. So it's, uh, you know, it's a difficult situation. It's a lot of emotion. I think the reason why the the, the public um, is so outraged is because they know that she got away with murder, and that's a difficult, you know, concept to deal with. Uh, but we now have to deal with the current reality, and you know I don't know what the level of her psychopathy is now. Um, you know there is a uh, you know there's a continuum with on the psychopathy scale, uh, but I do believe she's a psychopath, and that there's no cure to psychopathy. Um, and I also know through doing this for some 36 years with lots of sexual predators that if you in a situation like this, uh, if there's a risk. I don't put it more than that. That if you you know ostracize them, you marginalize them, you push them you know to the limit to the you know, into a corner, uh, and then the same thing happens to the kids. They that could be the trigger for for acting out. So you don't kind of want to create an environment or a circumstances where you create the very harm that you're trying to avoid. 
We're talking with Tim Danson, who's a lawyer representing the French and Mahaffey families. Tim, I want to go back to July 2005 when Homolka was let out. There were restrictions for her movements, 14 court-imposed conditions. She was ordered to report her whereabouts to police not associate with violent offenders, not contact the families of uh, the French's or the Mahaffey's. And four months later... Those restrictions were lifted by a court that ruled that there was no evidence that she was a real and imminent danger to the public. Clearly, you don't feel that way. Well, no. In fact, uh, the truth is is that um, uh, I was um, very concerned at the time that we appeared in, in Joliet, uh, Quebec, because that, remember that while I was representing the Frenches and the Mojaffes, I don't have, no, I didn't, I, I didn't have standing to bring evidence. That was for the Crown. And unfortunately, uh, they, Carla Homolka's lawyers filed, uh, um, you know, psychiatric evidence and dealing with the battered woman syndrome and all of that, and it wasn't rebutted at all by the Crown. And, um, you know, we had a good judge in Joliet, and, and we were lucky uh, that we got the, you know, the conditions, the 810 conditions under the criminal code imposed on her. Um, but I always said that if they appealed, we would be in trouble because, you know, the, the Crown did not file the necessary rebuttal evidence to um, to Carla Homolka's expert. And, and this has been a problem throughout the whole process because um, the Crown did buy into uh, the battered woman syndrome. And battered woman syndrome, um, you know, the, 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 the literature is clear and the evidence is clear is when the, the battered woman strikes out against her attacker. In this case, Carla Homolka struck out against, in, you know, you know third-party children, and right. it doesn't fit the mode. And um, and I never accepted it. And when 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 I viewed the videotapes, and you could see that Carla Homolka did not disclose a sexual assault against another victim, uh, known as uh, Jane Doe, um, that was a clear breach of her um, of her plea bargain. And and the the government's response, the Crown's response, was that no, she didn't lie. Uh, our medical experts say that she was suffering from um, uh, um, post-traumatic amnesia, which was just nonsense. I want to ask you about this. I, I just want to break in because we're, we're running on the clock here, uh, Tim. I want to ask you about, you know, she's married to her lawyer's brother. She's living under the name Leanne Teal. This is a name that her and Bernardo legally tried to change their names to five days before their arrests. That, to me, ding, 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 is super scary. Well, there's another aspect to it, which we actually raised in, in Joliet, that she was going by the name of Teal after being in jail for 12 years. Uh, that's the Remember, that's the main character in a fictional novel that, that was hers and Bernardo's favorite novel. Teal was, uh, was, a, was a sadistic murderer, and they adopted the name Teal out of that book. So, yes, ding, 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 it's pretty scary. Is there any action that your clients can take to ensure she stays away from them? Uh, I don't think there's any uh, harm, or you know, uh, she's living in Quebec. Uh, I don't think she'll come anywhere near St. Catharines um, or near my clients. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's the issue. Um, but um, you know, I mean, she is, uh, you know, free at law. She's free, and 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 there's no uh, legal impediments on her, provided she abides by the law. Tim, uh, I wish I could say it's a pleasure talking to you. I mean, it's obviously nice to talk to you, uh, but it's uh, it's sad that we have to be talking about this again. Uh, yeah. You know, and I feel for the Frenches and the Mahaffeys. It's just a, a terrible nightmare. They have to relive and relive and relive, and, uh, yeah. and you as well.
and they have to relive it again because Paul Bernardo's applied for day parole. He's not going to get it, but the families, you know, we have to be vigilant. We're not taking anything for granted, and, you know, that's going to play out in the future too. We don't have a date yet, but, um, you know, that's another very, very difficult thing because they have to come into the parole hearing with victim impact statements and, and the likes, and that's uh, that just tears them apart, and it's sad. Tim, I uh, thank you for your time this afternoon. Great. Thank you. Cheers. This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.